You're listening to the Cornerstone Chapel High School Youth Ministry. Let's head into the service for this week's message. 1 Timothy chapter 1 is what we're in today. 1 Timothy 1, and we're going to start in verse 15. All right, now as you guys are turning there, I'm just going to give a little background of 1 and 2 Timothy and also Titus. These three books in the New Testament are mainly referred to as the pastoral epistles, basically for pastors and church administration, church management. It's basically the church books, if you will. It's all about church. Okay, that's what we're going to talk about in this study, 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus, okay? It's all about Jesus and his church, okay? It's not our church. It's not anyone else's church. It's Jesus and his church, okay? That's what church is about. We're going to talk about that today. But in 1st and 2nd Timothy, it's basically, again, Paul's books to Timothy, who was a pastor in Ephesus, a young pastor in Ephesus in the faith. Paul trained him, Paul equipped him, Paul nurtured him as a Christian, and uh, Timothy probably grew up as a Christian believer as well, and so now Paul has trained him, has sent him out, he's going to be a pastor in Ephesus, and Paul writes these books to Timothy on church structure, church organization, church management, the roles in church, what church is about, and it's a great doctrine that was, that good, that was good at that time and still relevant for us today. Cornerstone Chapel here, our church, models after 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus. Very good church ordinances, church doctrine, church structure, the foundation of the church, what's it about. We get that from 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus, okay? So we're going to be in 1st Timothy chapter 1. And before we talk about roles in the church, pastors in the church, responsibilities in the church, what church is about, you know, we're going to talk about today, before all that, for today the reason for the church, and why do we go to church? Why do church, if you will, all right? We're gonna talk about the meaning behind church just in general, and I love that. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter one. We're gonna read this in verse 15 through 19. Paul's kind of given a little testimony of God's grace that has been poured upon him. Now he's ready to send Timothy out to start a church in Ephesus, and then mainly to start planting churches all abroad, Asia Minor, and the early church at this time would be persecuted for its faith, but the church now has grown 2,000 years later. The church is now worldwide, and Jesus would say that. When Jesus would talk to his disciples, he said, the church will not be overcome by hell and the gates of Hades. The church will overcome it. The church will never fade away. It may still linger, it may still be alive, it may still, you know, it may go downward a little bit, but it's still gonna be alive until Jesus comes back. The church will not go away and it's the people of the church that matter. We are the church. The church isn't about a building. The church isn't about a structure. We're building a new church building, if you haven't noticed. Not about the building. The church, really, what Jesus meant when he told his disciples this was the church was meant to be you and me. We, we are the church. It's not about limited inside a building. It's about you and me going outside of this building into our community, into our world, to spread Jesus throughout. And we're going to talk about the reason we have church and why we need to do church, if you will. I'm just going to use that phrase. Why do church? Why do I come to church? What's the meaning behind church? So the reason you're sitting in these, in these chairs, the reason you're coming this morning, we're going to talk about why that's important. Okay? Not to be going through the motions and redundant. I got to go every Sunday and Wednesday, check off my list. It's not about that. We're going to talk about what church really means in, in what Scripture tells us. Let's look at verse 15 of chapter 1 in 1 Timothy, and then we'll get started. Paul says here, verse 15, here's a trustworthy saying that it deserves full acceptance. He's writing to Timothy. 
Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And he says here in verse 18, Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them you might fight the good fight, holding on to faith and a good conscience. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We can just study your word, and even though the rain is here and it can be kind of gloomy, Lord, we just thank you for this time that we can gather together as your church body, Father, in this house, Lord, to study you, to worship you, to learn more about you, to be challenged by your spirit, to be encouraged, Father, maybe to even be rebuked, Lord, and to repent of our sin. So, Lord, as we study your word in 1 Timothy, I pray that you would open our eyes to a new meaning of church and what it's about. Lord, that we would be challenged in our faith. Father, that we wouldn't be going through the motions every day and making a checklist that I need to attend this Sunday or that Sunday. Lord, that it would be about you and about our heart in relation to you. So God, go before us now as we study your word. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen. When I was younger, uh, growing up in Sunday school, into high school, I kept a record of how many Sundays I attended church. Now, that just shows you the pride of my little angry, sinful heart. Now, I was proud, though, to go to church, but I also was a little prideful, like, hey, look at me. I haven't missed a Sunday. And I actually did not. I did not miss a Sunday until my senior year of high school. Do you guys keep a good attendance record at schools? Who has never missed a school day yet? <laughs> you can't tell if you're lying or not. <laughs> if you're honest, the Lord will judge you. Um, anyway. Keeping a good attendance record at school is a good thing. Okay, keeping a good attendance at Sundays to go to Sunday school, to go to youth group, okay, maybe that's an okay thing. But honestly, in my heart, I was just looking at it as, look, I've never missed a Sunday. I'm good with God. Everything's good. And then when I missed a Sunday my senior year, I felt like I blew it, and I didn't keep that perfect record. I'm still bitter about it, but it doesn't matter. Because guess what? God does not care about your attendance to church. He also doesn't care that if you've missed several Sundays in a row. It's not about, I've got to make the Sundays up, or I've missed a few months of Sundays, I've got to get back on track. That's a good thing, but God doesn't care about that or how many Sundays you've attended in a row. What God cares about is your heart in relation to him. Now, we're going to discuss church in relation to you and me and why we have church, the reason for it. And up here on the screen, you can see that it's called Jesus and his church. And behind it, it's a couple of sheep, all right, some, some lambs. Now, the Bible describes you and me as sheep. And we, the Bible also describes us as the church body. Now, when God describes us in his word that we are sheep, it's not really a compliment. <laughs> He's just stating a matter of fact, you know, we like to wander. We don't know any better. We're kind of dumb when it comes to life. God knows all things, and so sheep, they're one of the dumbest animals on the planet. And God says, you are that sheep. <laughs> Thanks, God? I don't know. It's not really a compliment, but it's just a matter of fact. 
He's saying that God is our ultimate shepherd. Jesus is our ultimate shepherd, and we're just sheep wandering around. But Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and my sheep know me. If you go to church and you get to know God, you get a relationship with Jesus, you know him, and Jesus knows you. So Jesus and his church is the main theme for our study for today. The reason that you and I go to church, there's more to it than just attendance. There's more to it than just, oh, I've missed several Sundays, i got to get back to church. Honestly, God could care less about that. All God cares about is your heart in relation to him. Where's your heart at? Where's your heart? And for me, that had to be a checklist for me. I was convicted about it. God says, Tyler, it's not about the attendance. That's great, you've made every Sunday in a row. But I'm looking for your heart. Where's your heart? My heart was in the right place. But I was honestly just looking at the physical attendance saying, oh, look at me. It wasn't about that. And so for today, we're going to look at why it's important for us to have church in our lives. Now, you might be asking this. Why do we even do church? What is church all about? Why, why do I even go? What's the meaning behind it? And those are good questions. Because the culture out there is going to tell you, I don't, you don't need church. It's just a bunch of freaks, like a cult or whatever, and you guys just gather and meet and whatever, and we don't need that. That's just weird. Okay, if you look at it that way, sure, it's weird. But God calls us to do this. God commands us to do this. If you look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, these aren't just Paul's words. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. This is a command from God himself of why church is important in your life. Now, church does not save you. Just like not going to church, you know, doesn't save you or whatever. It's, it, you can look at it both ways. Just going to church does not make you a better Christian than not going to church makes you less of a Christian. Going to church has nothing to do with your salvation. I just want to point that out right now. If you go to church and you just do the checklist, that doesn't make you a better Christian. That doesn't even make you saved. What makes you saved is confessing your sin before Jesus, accepting him into your heart, and trusting him as your Lord and Savior. That is what salvation is all about. Then going to church is just the secondary to that. It helps us in our relationship with him. You know, I think of it as this. You can ask the question, look, can I survive as a Christian without going to church? Yeah, you can. It's possible. You can be a Christian your whole life and never go to church. And there are some people like that. But, and there's a big but, there's always a but, but it turns into this. It'll become an unhealthy pattern till it leads to an unhealthy relationship with Jesus till it leads to usually walking away altogether. It is possible to go to church and do church and it's also possible, I'm sorry, I'm going to rephrase that. It's possible to be a Christian and never do church in your life. It is. But it is a very unhealthy state that you're going to be in. It's a very unhealthy state, and it's a pattern that you can create in yourself where you're saying, I don't need church, I'm good where I am. That's an unhealthy, dangerous pattern in your life that you're going to start following to an unhealthy relationship with Jesus to where it altogether leads to walking away from it all. That's what happens. So again, church doesn't save you, but it builds that relationship with Jesus. Think of it as this as food. Everyone loves food, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You, gotta, you better say yes. You need food for survival. Food is also good for pleasure. It's good just to chow down on some food and eat junk food whenever you want. Okay, that's great. 
But food is also good for survival. The average person can go without eating for about 40 days. The average person can go without eating for 40 days. After that, you're going to start to die. Okay? Jesus, when he was tempted in the wilderness, when he was baptized in the Gospels, he then took a, just a 40-day hiatus, if you will, and wandered around in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil. Angels attended him, and then they gave him food after he was tempted by the devil or whatnot. But he went for 40 days without eating any food. He fasted for 40 days. Now, the average person, it is, it is possible for the average person to go without food for 40 days. But even though you're still alive, you're very unhealthy, you could be sick, and you're on your way to death. Food for us physically. The same goes for you and I spiritually with church. You can go for only so long without church to where you're still alive. You're still a Christian, possibly. You're just a little unhealthy. You're becoming sick, and you will die. Spiritually, you'll die. The Bible makes it clear that church is not just for us to make an attendance check. You guys all right in the back? All right, I see a lot of heads turning around. I need you guys to pay attention. You can make that game all you want to check off the list and see where you are with God and with church attendance, but it's not about church attendance. And if you go for so long without going to church, it doesn't make you less of a Christian. But again, it's just like food. You can only go for so long until you become in healthy relationship with Jesus, until it becomes sick, until it becomes you're on your deathbed. You are dying spiritually. You want to walk away? God gives us that choice. So church in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and Titus, Paul makes it clear why church is so important for us today as it was 2,000 years ago when Paul started planting churches and Christ commanded us to start living out as the church body. And I want to give you guys three reasons for us, three reasons I want you guys to write down for church and why we need to have a steady diet of church in our lives for today, in our step and walk with the Lord. Three reasons why we need church for today and why you need it personally. Make this your personal application. All right, that's what the Bible is talking about. Make it your personal application. Number one thing for why we have church and what church is all about, number one, is to advance Christ's kingdom on earth. That's the number one thing of why church was ever started. Jesus started the church, all right? He didn't rest on anybody's shoulders. He is the foundation of the church, the Bible tells us. He is the good shepherd. He's the head pastor. You know, we have Pastor Gary, who's the head pastor of all of us as pastors under him. But Jesus Christ is the head pastor over him. Jesus Christ is the head pastor over the church in general as a whole globally. Jesus is the good shepherd. The word for pastor, basically in the Greek, means shepherd. That's what it means. And you guys are sheep. So we're shepherding the flock. That's what pastoral ministry means. So the first one is to advance Christ's kingdom on earth. I want you guys to look at Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Just flip real quick to it. I want to read it to you. These are the words of Jesus when he's ascending back into heaven. He's already been crucified. He's already died. But now he's risen again. He's lived 40 days on earth again now. Now he's going back into heaven to be with the Father. This is what he tells us in Matthew 28, verse 18. You can also write this down for this number one. Advancing Christ's kingdom on earth. This is what he says. Just to his disciples, but it's also for you and me. Chapter 28, verse 18. He says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And he closes with this. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is what we call the Great Commission. This is what church is all about. Number one, first and foremost, to advance Christ's kingdom on earth. To go make disciples of other nations. You, you guys can go and make disciples of other nations. You don't have to be a pastor to do that. You guys are the church. We are the church together. We go and make disciples. You go witness to other people who are not saved. You get other people to come to church, learn more about Jesus. That's making disciples. Walking with them through scriptures, making disciples. And then they can be baptized. We have a baptism ministry here at Cornerstone where people can get baptized. That doesn't make you saved either. Baptism is just a public declaration that I'm a new creation in Christ and I want people to know that. That's all it means. Jesus says, I want you guys to go and make disciples of other nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them, look what he says that again in verse 20, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's the church. That's advancing Christ's kingdom here on earth. And that gates of hell will never prevail against this. That's what Jesus told his disciples. Christ's kingdom will always prevail and overcome. Even though it may be downsizing a bit, it will never be shaken. It'll never go away. Until Jesus comes back, Christ's kingdom here on earth is the church. He wants us to advance. And that's by you and me, making him known. So that's Psalm 67, making Jesus known to other nations, advancing his kingdom. That's number one, why we have church. Number one. I want to look at number two. Number two is for you and me, personally, basically practically, to build a healthy relationship with Jesus. So that's for you and me, to build us personally and individually a healthy relationship with Jesus. So again, if you don't want to eat food for 40 days, you're still living technically, but you're slowly dying, you're slowly fading away. It's an unhealthy diet. It's an unhealthy relationship when you do the same without church. To build a healthy relationship with Jesus. Let's look at John 15, verse 5. I want you guys to flip there too. Get out of Matthew, go to John 15, verse 5. And then also just keep your hand in 1 Timothy because we'll come back to that. But John 15, verse 5, clearly Jesus is talking to his disciples using allegory terms about vines and branches and jungle book or whatever, okay? Not jungle book, but just vines. Look, he's talking about this allegory real, real quick, building a healthy relationship with Jesus. He says here in verse 5 of chapter 15, I am the vine, Jesus says, you meaning us, we are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. You can't do anything without Jesus. So again, you can do church and still be saved, but you're going down a slippery slope. You can still, go, you can still be without youth group for a month or two, but you're down a slippery slope. It's an unhealthy diet. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and church is a great way to do that, if you remain in me and I in you, you're going to bear much fruit. You're going to be healthy. You're going to be strong. You're going to be surviving. You're going to be alive. Apart from me, if you want to detach from Jesus, he gives us this choice. So if you don't want to do church, if you don't want to come, you're on your own. Okay, Jesus says, but guess what? Apart from me, it's not going to be good. You can't do anything. It's going to be unhealthy. I want you guys to come to church to build a healthy relationship with Jesus. You know, youth group is great to do this. Youth group is fun to come here and fellowship with one another, play games, you know, have bonfires, have activities, hear a good Bible study sometimes. Just so, let that sink in. Anyway, never mind. Um, 
But that's not really what it's about. That's all just fun and games, and that's, that's great. But the number one thing for you personally is to build a healthy relationship with Jesus, to have a steady diet with Jesus. And the same thing goes with the extreme. You can be eating junk food all you want, but guess what? <laughs> eating too much junk food, that leads to an unhealthy diet too. You can do both extremes. You just are, you're going to die that way too. You want to eat Cheetos every day of your life? Be my guest. I love Cheetos. But there comes a limit where I cannot consume them anymore, and I know my brain tells my stomach, stop. Do you ever have that communion with your brain and stomach? You know the phrase, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. My eyes are bigger than my stomach. Not literally, figuratively, all right? That'd be weird. But my brain will communicate to my stomach, stop, Tyler, stop consuming this food. My stomach says, feed me, feed me, feed me. I love you, I love you, I love you, Cheetos. I love you, popcorn. I love you, Chipotle. Feed me. Now, if, you, if your brain, if we didn't have a brain, this is pretty funny. The science just tells us this. If we didn't have a brain, we would never know when to stop eating. Do you know that? Our brain communicates just the way God created us. Our brain communicates to our stomach and everything else, stop eating. If we didn't have a brain, just, just imagine that. You, you're eating until you just explode. That's pretty funny. Anyway, where am I getting to this? Number two, building relationship with Jesus. Have a steady diet with him. Don't eat too much junk food, but don't not eat at all. There has to be a balance. And finally, number three, and we're going to close with this. Number three, the reason for church is also practically for you and me as well, to fellowship, to commune, to serve, and to pray with other believers. That's fellowship. That's a main attribute to church. Jesus wants that for you and me because you know what? Satan, the devil, wants the opposite of this. He wants us to be isolated, alone, and thinking that we're useless. That's what Satan wants. And from that comes devastation and torment, and God never created us to be isolated. That's why God created Adam with Eve. He gave, her, he gave him Eve to be a partner, to help. It was not good for man to be alone. The same thing is for us in the church. We need each other. The Bible clearly says that we need fellowship. Fellowship is good, communion with each other. Receiving communion unto God, serving one another, serving in the children's ministry, praying for each other, encouraging one another. We get this from Acts 2.42, you don't have to turn there, but Acts 2.42 basically tells us this. They, meaning the church, the disciples, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, basically the word, to fellowship, to communion, breaking of bread, and to prayer. That's, here, that's our foundational verse for here at Cornerstone and for churches abroad. Church mainly is fellowship, communion, prayer, breaking bread with other believers. It's a good thing. God does ne he never wants us to be alone. He didn't create us to be alone. We are, we're created to have relationships. That's why we want the boyfriend-girlfriend. That's why we want a lot of friends. That's why we're close to one another. We're created that way. Do you know that? God did never, he never intended us to be alone. You better get used to heaven, all right? because you're going to be around a lot of people, and it's a good thing. God's created us to have fellowship with one another. That's why I love when you guys are coming here to youth group, you get a steady diet of God's teaching, you get a steady diet of worshiping unto him through singing, and then you guys get a steady diet of fellowship. We need that. It is a good thing, and I love it. Best things I love about youth group is just the fellowship that we have with one another. 
getting to know each other, serving one another, praying for each other, encouraging one another. We need that because you can get pretty discouraged in just one week. From Sunday to Sunday, something happens, easily become discouraged. When you're adopted into God's family and you become a Christian, you can't just do it on your own now. There needs to be that fellowship, that unity, and that comes by attending church, fellowshipping with one another, building your relationship with Jesus, advancing his kingdom, okay? So again, it's possible to be a Christian and never do church in your life, but it's very unhealthy and will likely lead to spiritual death, walking away. It's possible. So God says, I want you to be unified with everyone. I want you to serve one another. I want you to pray for one another. We need the local church. That's what 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus is all about. God commanding us to do church and do it the right way. I want to give you two verses to leave with you guys, two verses that encourage us, keep pressing on as the body of Christ. The number one, number one is 1 Corinthians 12, 27. We are the church body. The church is not a building. The church is not a structure. The church is not a place. It's a people. We are the church body. That's what 1 Corinthians 12 says. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Once you are adopted into God's family and become saved, you're a part of his family. You're a part of a church body. And so do that. By doing church, you're coming, you're attending, you're listening to the sermons, but then you're also serving, you're fellowshipping, you're praying, and that's good for us. That builds a healthy, strong relationship with Jesus. And I never want to see the, the thing of, I'm never going to do church again, I can do Christian thing on my own. You can't. It's very hard. And number two, I love what Hebrews chapter 10, 25 says. It says, let us not give up meeting together, like what we're doing now, as some are in the habit of doing. Everyone since 2,000 years ago up till now, everyone has gotten the habit where you just don't want to keep doing the same thing. You want to try something else. You want to do something else that's cool, that's socially acceptable. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. There were some people in that time in the habit of not attending each other with fellowship, not going to church, you know, not, not, not being together in unity. Some were in that habit of saying, I can do it on my own. I don't need this. A lot of consequences for not going that way. A lot of consequences for not abiding in the church fellowship. And he says here, let us encourage one another. Bring each other back into fellowship. Let us encourage one another, as, and all the more as we see the day, capital D, approaching, the day when Jesus returns. So again, let that be your life verse for why we have church. Who's the head pastor? It's Jesus. I'm just his steward teaching you guys. And maybe some of you are called to pastoral ministry. Maybe some of you are called to ministry in general, and that's a good thing. We're going to talk about that next week, what, what the church has for roles of men and women, for pastors, Teachers, we're going to talk about that next week. But for today, again, I want you guys to leave with this. What church is all about. It's not about attendance. It's not even about I've skipped several church groups and youth groups and whatnot. God hates me now. Not about that. It is about your heart in relation to him. And the church is a great way to do that. Amen? Amen. The church is a hospital for sinners. The church helps you and I when we're sick because we are sick. We're dying of the same disease. It's called sin. We're all dying of it. So without the church, without hospitals, without medicine, it's very hard to survive. So God gives us the church to advance his kingdom, to build a healthy relationship, and then to fellowship with you and me, other believers. Let's pray. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.